for by First Alliance Credit Union. Welcome to Good Money Moves, featuring Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union and Andy Brownell. Here's Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning and welcome to Good Money Moves on News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. I'm Andy Brownell and I am joined again today by Jenna Tobble with First Alliance Credit Union. And Sunny Ahmed, also from First Lions Credit Union. Good morning. Good morning, Andy. And you're right, I did bring Sunny along with me this morning. Um, he is a member experience advisor at our newest Stewartville branch. Um, so I just thought maybe we would let Sonny share a little bit about himself as before we kind of jump into the sure. content today and talk a little bit about what a member experience advisor even means. Um, so Sonny, take it away. Sure, yeah. So I've been a First Lines Credit Union for about six years now. And yep, I am a member experience advisor. I do many things from helping people make their accounts, do their uh, consumer loans, personal loans, auto loans, credit cards. I help with a lot of different things here and there. Jenna's always bragging you folks up, trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay, well last week when we were on Good Money Moves, Jenna and I were talking about the importance of teaching our children about money, making good money moves. What's the topic today, Jenna? Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about uh, the four-letter F word in banking, and that word is fees. <laughs> okay. F-E-E-S. <laughs> um, but more importantly, we're going to be talking about how to avoid having to pay these fees altogether. So. Um, banking fees are no doubt the most single annoying part of having a checking or a savings account. And a lot of times they kind of feel like they sneak up on you or that they're hidden somehow. Um, sometimes you kind of expect them, or but, you know, you don't like paying them. Nobody does. Um, and it's kind of like no matter what happens, it's anytime you see them pop up on that monthly statement or you notice them being charged when you took some money out at the ATM, you know, you feel annoyed and maybe even a little bit angry, like, oh, really? $3 or $5 here, or sometimes even more than that, 20 20 to $35, depending on what it's for. So, but really as annoying as these are, people often want to know then why do banks charge fees in the first place if they just make their customers angry? Right? Well, banks are for-profit businesses, so it's all about their bottom line. Um, So really a core reason, and it's really kind of point blank, there's no sugarcoating it. Banks are out to make money off of you in one way or another, and if they can charge you for something, they will. So in other words, they can. Yeah, (laughs) just because they can. As long as we put up with it. Yeah, and they always are gonna find new ways to charge new fees and sneak things in there, right? Actually, one study from 2016, so it's a little bit older study, but still relevant, um, showed that the top three big banks, so at the time that was Wells Fargo, Chase, and Bank of America, charged consumers over $6.4 billion in banking fees alone. Just those three banks combined. Now, a more recent study showed that the first quarter of 2020 alone, so January, February, March, Consumers paid $11.6 billion in fees to banks. Wow. 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 Right? I mean, it just kind of blows your mind when you think of it like that. So 
banks earn tons of money from fees and fees have become a very important source of revenue for them. So they're not going to stop charging them anytime soon. So, and, you know, unfortunately for many consumers, this really means that people sometimes are paying hundreds of dollars every year in fees to banks. And a lot of times uh, research has actually shown that most often the people who are most affected by fees are tend to be low income earners in the first place. So the people making under $30,000 a year, um, which is why I feel like it's so important that we talk about how to avoid these things today, because you know, if you're paying fees to your bank, you should really know what they are, how much it's costing you, and then how you can stop paying those fees altogether. Yeah, most importantly, how you can stop. <laughs> most importantly, stop paying them. <laughs> no one likes to pay those fees. Yes. Well, sometimes I hear, okay, fee or service charge. Are they, mm. are they different things or are we just using, is it semantics? Yeah, so that's a great question, Andy. So um, the terms are definitely used inter- interchangeably. Most often, a financial institution will prefer to use the term service charge because it it kind of sounds like you're getting something for this fee that you're paying. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still just extra money out of your pocket, regardless of what they call it. Um, I think that the key difference to pay attention to here, um, maybe less so the terminology, but more about why the fee is being charged to you in the first place. So in some cases, fees are going to be implemented to really dissuade you from taking a certain action, right? So you you can think of these commonly things like non-sufficient funds fees. They don't want you overdrawing your accounts. They're going to charge you a fee. Um, You know, there's things that you don't necessarily opt into. They just sort of happen because of activity going on in your account. In other cases, the fee is added to something because what you're getting is considered kind of a value-added service, and that's maybe where I would consider something to be more of a service charge. Um, For example, you know, a lot of institutions, including First Alliance, have overdraft protection services that you can opt into that will provide you a specific service for what you're opting into, right? Um, So it's kind of something you're aware of. You've chosen to be charged that fee if X thing happens or if you receive X service, whereas, you know, fee fees, (laughs) for lack of a better term, really are just those things that happen to you because you did something and you didn't necessarily receive anything from it. So I'm going to throw this one at Sunny. What are, what are some of the most common fees that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of fees to be on the lookout for. One of the most common ones is a monthly maintenance fee. These are some fees that financial institutions charge simply for the privilege of having an account there. These fees can tend to range anywhere from $2 to $20, really depending on the type of account you have or what institution you're working with. The biggest reason these fees are a problem is because they tend to eat up any interest you might have earned on the balance of your account. Additionally, if you forget to take this monthly charge into your account when you're budgeting, it can easily overdraw your account and adding more fees on top of that, which nobody wants. Luckily, there are two main options for avoiding these type of fees. First, if you currently have an account that charges a monthly service fee, there are usual ways in which those fees can be avoided altogether if you meet certain conditions. So it's good to find out what these conditions are and to adhere to them. Some of these things can be like having direct deposit in the account or keeping a minimum balance at a certain threshold or just doing a certain number of transactions in a month. However, sometimes this isn't feasible. 
Secondly, the most foolproof way to avoid this type of fee is to switch an account that doesn't have a monthly fee. Now, First Alliance, for example, doesn't have any monthly maintenance fees on our savings or checking accounts. That sounds like the best of all worlds right there, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's important to point out here that a lot of times when uh, financial institutions will charge that monthly maintenance fee for a checking account. Um, they, like Sunny said, they tend to give you these conditions. Well, if you meet these, what, and they lay them out to sound really like convenient and like, oh, this will be no, no big deal for you to meet these criteria. Like, but really, at the end of the day, you, it's really just one more thing you have to keep track of to try to avoid this fee when really you could just go find a checking account that doesn't require this of you and then you one last thing you have to worry about you know in the month well when you put it that way <laughs> it sure sounds like a no-brainer uh, you know what we already have to take a break oh we're, goodness we're talking with sunny ahmed and john Tobble with first alliance credit union it's good money moves We'll be back in just a moment on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good Money Moves continues in moments with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Your carpets are a major investment. Don't trust just anyone to clean them. It pays to do it. With Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union on Rochester's News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back. Today, the topic is fees. Well, probably more importantly, how to avoid fees <laughs> when you're dealing with your financial institution. And uh, we talked about the no-brainer, which would be find the checking or savings account that has no fees. Sonny, you kind of mentioned previously about overdrawing accounts. Can you maybe explain some more about the fees that could be associated with that? Yeah, there's a couple big fees that are out there with uh, overdrawing accounts. One of them is overdraft fees, and the other one is a non-sufficient fund fee. So first of all, overdraft fees. This fee kicks in anytime a financial institution pays for a transaction on your behalf. Luckily with this type of fee, you have to actually opt in to, for it to happen, so you shouldn't be surprised when it's charged. But that doesn't take away the sting when the fee actually shows up on your bank account. This fee can happen anywhere between $25 to $35 per overage. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. That's a big one. It could really be big. Yeah. often enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty scary, but it can just sneak up on you. For example, if you have $2 in your account and you're in charge for 5 bucks on your debit card, well, then the overdraft will kick in and cover the extra $3 on your transaction so it doesn't decline, but essentially you're paying $35 on the $3. Not a good deal. No, it's nope. an expensive loan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'll just be repaid the next time you make a deposit in your account, so they'll be good. The best way to avoid this fee is to not opt into this service in the first place. Ask your financial institution if they have other overdraft protection options, like having money automatically transferred from your savings to your checking, or doing like an overdraft line of credit. Some financial institutions charge for these transfers, but usually they're much smaller than a courtesy overdraft protection. Yeah, and I, oh, go ahead, Andy. Well, in essence, with those options are you're, you're using your own money or your own ability to borrow money to cover your boo-boo, basically. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So the the key thing to point out um, with these different options, right? So essentially. 
if you're concerned about overdrafting your account on even a semi-regular basis, you want to have something you know, in place to help kind of cover those expenses. Um, and if you have m- enough money built up in a savings account, I th- I, that would be a great way to kind of help balance your checking if, if, if you don't do a ton of overdrafting. Otherwise, I would say something like an overdraft line of credit would probably be a more feasible solution if you don't have a larger savings built up and, and you do know that, you know, you know, about once a month, you maybe overdraft just because of the way your paychecks land and your bills are added up. So there's okay. some different things to consider when you look at your overdraft options, but there's definitely more than one option out there above and beyond the, the overdraft protection services that are tend to have those much higher fees. Okay. So Sonny, what happens if I don't have any of these plans or protections or overdraft scenarios? Yeah, what will happen is just basically it'll bounce back and it'll um, be declined, but it'll be pulled negative. Um, so I have a bad check plus, no. plus a negative balance plus whatever goes along with that. Mm-hmm. Right. Because usually the person you wrote or had the debit with will charge you a fee as well. So, eh. Yeah, you don't want to be getting feed everywhere. Oh. No. <laughs> Okay. Uh, but really, one of your best options is to have like a backup plan, like having that savings account to cover your checking account or that line of credit, or just to pay attention to your account to balance yourself weekly, make sure you're going to be okay for these things coming out. I and was, for tip, I was waiting oh. for either you or Jenna to bring that up. You could just keep track <laughs> of what your account is. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way of doing things. Yeah. Uh, for tips on how to track your spending, we go back and listen to episode 90 where we covered that topic in detail. Yeah, that's a great uh, point. Tracking expenses. We did talk a lot about that in, what just two episodes ago. So <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So are there any other fees associated with these overdrawing your accounts? Yeah, the other fee you may run into is known as a non-sufficient fund fee or NSF for short. In some cases, a bank may return a check you wrote or an electronic withdrawal is unpaid if you don't have funds in your account to cover that. Even though the bank doesn't cover these expenses, it may charge you what is known as the non-sufficient fund fee because the transaction failed. Like overdraft fees, these bank fees typically cost around $35 per failed transaction. To avoid these non-sufficient fund fees, just keep enough money in your account to cover your spending it is difficult when sometimes money is tight or billers withdraw at odd times of the month, but a great way around that would be setting up alerts in your bank account. This way your bank can alert you when your account balance runs low so that you know when to reschedule a payment, cancel it, or just transfer funds to fill in. So is this the sort of thing that you can help out with, Sonny, if somebody comes into the Stuart Mill branch at First Alliance that, um, you know, I'm nervous about... You know, it's getting to be the middle of the month. I'm waiting for my next check, and and uh, yeah, and perhaps things are tight. Can you can you help me? You know, try to avoid. Of course, situation. we can look at. Yeah, we can look at different options for you. Yeah, come on in, call me. We'll talk about it. Because I, I, I I'm looking at this, and I'm I'm thinking of the person who is struggling to maintain a balance. Um, perhaps whatever's happening in their household finances that has put them in this situation. The last thing they need is a thirty-five dollar NSF mm-hmm. charge on top of that. I can see where this would 
end up in one of those spirals, Jenna, that we've talked about so many times that uh, puts people into a really bad situation. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head. If this is kind, if this is hitting a little close to home for you, um, and as you're listening to us talk about this, it would be a great thing to to come in and talk to people like Sunny about at First Alliance. There, I mean, this is what we do all day is you know help people figure out their finances, look at budgeting, look at um, you know options to keep yourself from overdrafting. You know, even you know Sunny just mentioned setting up alerts for your banking account. You know. Our, our online banking account allows you to do that for yourself um, so that you know when money is running low or you know when a, when a big bill has just been um, run through your account. You, there's all kinds of customized alerts that you can set up for yourself there to yeah. help you just stay on top of things. Because when we started this discussion, we were talking about fees and you were thinking, mm-hmm. oh, they range from this and this. Some, you know, some are nuisance fees, three bucks here, two bucks here. Mm-hmm. But you, you, know, you have a couple overdraws. All of a sudden, you're talking about a hundred bucks. Oh yeah, it can, ha- yeah. and it happens very quickly. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> if you're not looking, that's a mm-hmm. lot of gasoline or a lot of groceries, depending on how you, or a chunk of your rent. Either way, for sure, could put you in the hurt. Okay, we're gonna, we'll take another quick break here and continue with more good money moves. Jenna Tobble and Sunny Ahmed from First Alliance Credit Union on News Talk 1340, Carol C. AM and 96.9 FM. Good Money Moves continues in moments with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Bruce Helmer here with L and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union on Rochester's News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We're back to Good Money Moves. Andy Brownell along with Jenna Tobble and Sonny Ahmed from First Alliance Credit Union. The topic this week, fees. And we have learned that some of these fees can be quite substantial. Are they, uh, I suppose the fees are, you know, that we've talked about, obviously with the overdrafts are there as a deterrent. You pay that a couple times, you're probably not going to want to do that ever again. What are, what are some of the other fees that are pretty common that we see out there? Yeah, pretty big fee out there for people would be uh, ATM fees. So First Lines, for example, doesn't charge any ATM fees, but other banks may charge you between two to three bucks. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're doing it here and there, it's going to add up a lot. I imagine, yeah. If you're out of, out yeah. of town and you need a cash withdrawal and you do it twice, ouch. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. think if, you know, if you visit the ATM once a week to get your lunch money pulled out and charges you $3 every week to pull that money out after a year, you've paid $156 just to access your own money. Probably like, well worth the drive over to the credit union your ATM. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Now, there's a lot of ways to avoid these fees, though. One way would be to make sure you're using an ATM that's considered in-network for your bank. Some banks will waive the fee as long as you're using their ATM. Or you could just stop using cash and just use your debit card to pay for everything. No need to go to ATM, take out cash just to spend it again. And that's become so much easier now. It has. Oh, exactly. We'll use the debit card. It's not an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And even with the advent of, you know, digital wallets, things like Apple Pay, Google Pay, um, Samsung Pay, whatever they're all called these days. (laughs) Like, it's so easy to not even have to carry your debit card around with you anymore. As long as you've got your smartphone, you can pretty much just take care of it there. So really needing to pull cash out 
if if you're still using that pretty frequently, you might want to just, you know, take some time and think about other opportunities for how to manage your spending, because oh. especially if you're paying those ATM fees a lot. I wanted to go back to the yeah. in-network thing. How do mm-hmm. I know if my if I'm oh. using a machine that's in my network? Is there something on my card or, or that would indicate which network it belongs to? Yes. So with that, you just got to talk to your um, institution mainly, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most cards um, will, on the back of them, have a little symbol a lot of times for what network um, they're considered in. A lot of uh, financial institutions will also have, like, in-network ATM locators on their website for you to find if you just to kind of look into that you can always just contact your financial institution to find out as well um, so there's lots of way to, ways to find out um, but typically if your institution's name is on the ATM you can be pretty sure that it's in-network that's another good way to consider okay with First Alliance for yeah. example what what network are you attached to yeah we're part of the MoneyPass ATM network so with that, there's plenty of them out there, like Quick Trip and Holiday. They allow us free ATM usage. Okay. Yeah, and the and the nice thing about the Money Pass network is that it's it's a shared ATM network across the United States with many other credit unions and financial institutions. Um, so it's not something that's just local here in Southeast Minnesota or just in you know the region. It's literally across the U.S. You have access to free ATMs. Um, so pretty much anywhere you go, yeah, you it find sounds a free as if you pay attention, you're going to find one that's going to be free. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. What other kind of fees might be associated with an ATM or your accounts? So a couple of things you may see on your account would be like a paper statement fee, which can be counteracted by just doing electronic statements. That's usually free. I or there's a. I prefer the electronic yeah. statements now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it saves your mail and. Oh yeah, Let's it's paper. a lot more, it's and it's so organize. much more secure. Yeah, security it, too is it, a big one. It's easy to organize your emails that way too. Yeah, without stacks of paper everywhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another one that we have out there that I see a lot is inactivity fees. Basically, if you don't keep your account active by having enough deposits or withdrawal in a year, you get feed for that. Or there's stop payment fees if you need to stop a payment from coming out of your account or even if you just use your account too much there's excessive withdrawal fees okay so oh. the um inactivity thing I, I i can imagine if i set up multiple savings accounts for different parts of my budget we've talked mm-hmm. about this before jenna mm-hmm. but i might not touch that particular savings account all that much because let's say it's for the holidays Mm-hmm. Is there a way to get an alert or something that says, hey, time to at least move some money around? Yeah, I think that uh, I I don't know specifically for that situation, but I think what would probably be the best thing to do is verify with your financial institution when an inactivity fee would kick into an account. Um, typically... 
it's a lo- it's longer than just a year. Okay. I think you you know if you're not, but if if it's so if it's something like a, an account that you use to save up for the holidays, you're probably putting money in there you know regularly sure. throughout the year, and you're making a a pretty big withdrawal at some point during the year. I, I imagine this is more for what we'd call a dormant account. Yeah, that's a that's a great term to use, and I think. Um, Typically, you're going to see this happening when you kind of open an account and then forget that you opened it because maybe you had intentions of switching or you you did switch and forgot to close out your account completely or maybe you opened a bunch of accounts to take advantage of um, you know loan opportunities or you know free gifts that are being given out you know things like that but then you never actually follow through with using the account that's when that kind of thing is going to most likely kick in um, so it's not, probably not something you would typically see if it's an account you're actively managing okay yeah. So, but in essence, all these fees are these other things I could, you know, Sonny, for example, I could talk to him and you could mm-hmm. describe everything that's going on that I need mm-hmm. to know for my accounts to avoid the fees. So, of course, just talk to me and I can explain everything, how to avoid them, what to do, just the best practices. All right. Excellent information. And <laughs> as always, Jenna, it feels like we've kind of just scratched the surface on this. Oh, and yeah. And dive, dive deep into this. And <laughs> if I would want to do that, is there a way to do that? <laughs> well, absolutely. I, As always, I strongly encourage everyone to visit our website, firstalliancedu.com. Um, get subscribed to our blog. We release new financial tips and advice every week. It'll come right into your inbox for you so you don't miss an important uh, financial tidbit that could uh, save you a lot of money a lot of times. <laughs> also, we mentioned a couple past episodes of Good Money Moves here today. So you can go back and listen to those at firstalliancecu.com slash podcast or on krocnews.com. You can also subscribe to Good Money Moves on Apple, Google, Spotify, and TuneIn podcasting services. And of course, as we've mentioned many times throughout this show today, I really encourage you to reach out to our advisors like Sunny at First Alliance Credit Union. Um, open up a free checking account so you can stop paying all those excessive banking fees that we talked about today. And overall, we're just here to help you make those good money moves and answer any questions you have about your finances and how to get better at managing your money. Fantastic. Thanks, Sonny. Good talking to you. And uh, Jenna, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one, Andy. Thank you. All right. Yeah, see you later. Thank you. We'll make more good money moves next week right here on News Talk 1340, KROCA, and 96.9 FM. From the News Talk 1340.